everybody. I know, I know, you're probably wondering, what the heck is this? This does not feel like normal popcorn prattle. Well, you're right, audience. It is not normal popcorn prattle. This is our new mini episode uh, called Popcorn Prattle After Credits. So, you know how, like, in Marvel movies now, where you wait till the end and you kind of piss off the people that are trying to clean up the theater? It's usually some punk teenager who just wants to go home. Uh, That's exactly what is happening here. You guys are getting a chance to uh, get a little bit more in-depth in some of the themes and conversations that we had on the main show. And this is going to be a bit of a shorter uh, shorter show. We're only going to go through uh, one major topic, uh, and then we are going to call it a day and let you get back to whatever it is that you were doing before. Uh, Steven and Lindley are not here. Uh, they might show up eventually, um, or sorry, occasionally. But I would love to introduce you to my new co-host uh, for popcorn prattle after credits uh he's a future podcaster um ladies and gentlemen it's mr mitchell hansen mitchell say hi to the folks at home hey folks at home how are you mitchell i'm i'm so excited to to be doing this podcast with you man um me too audience we we talked we were talking for (laughs) i think like almost an hour and a half yeah that was like two hours my friend yeah um before before the show um so if I sound a little hoarse, it is because I had already recorded two hours. I'd, I'd already recorded Popcorn Prattle. Then I was talking to Mitchell. And now we are we are still talking. My friend, uh, you, on, you sound velvety as the day you began. Oh, why, thank you. Mm. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, audience, I, I know... I know why you were here. You've seen the advertisements. You know what we're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about Jessica Jones. God bless. Season two. And it was... It's... All right. So first off, let's just be clear. Most of the Marvel shows, Iron Fist aside, (laughs) are... They're pretty good. I mean, am I am I wrong? No, no yeah. I mean, I, I am definitely partial to Iron Fist. I love those comics. I love you know uh, Iron Fist and and the Defenders and and Power mm-hmm. Man. Um, but it, yeah, that Iron Fist was not as good as the other three. Which is a shame because um, I actually read Power Man and Iron Fist that that limited series um, that I guess they put out in anticipation for Iron Fist for mm-hmm. like new fans. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I was like, this is so good. Like, the dynamic between Luke Cage and Danny Rand. And I said, this is what we... I I hope I hope this is the Danny that I get to see in the TV show. And it was far, far from the Danny Rand in the comic books. Yeah, I mean, he still kicks ass, but it, it is certainly a, a different brand altogether. It is not this... You know, they are not the same character, unfortunately. No. I I will say though, and I and I said this on Popcorn Prattle, um, there was one link to why Iron Fist was so bad, and he's actually linked to Inhumans. It was the showrunner, oh, the same showrunner that did Inhumans that 
horrible, horrible, god awful TV show that you actually you actually watched <laughs> the show more than I did. <laughs> Don't speak of it. Do not speak. Uh, yeah, I, I watched a good bit of it. It, I, I guess I just have more hope. Um, I, like I'm a pretty optimistic guy, and so anytime you put a, a character that's larger than life in front of me, I want it to be really good. So I always give it the benefit of the doubt. You know, I'm always, always ready to to dive in. Um, oh, of course. But man, I, I, I think that Iron Fist is is disappointing in a different way than in humans. But I can totally see the correlation. You know, having a, a the same showrunner is could yeah, lead to some yeah. issues. I um I'm I'm actually very glad as I clumsily segue. <laughs> I'm actually very glad that the the showrunner for Iron Fist did not do uh, was not the showrunner for Jessica Jones oh because uh, Jessica that it was such a just to kind of briefly recap season one. Season one was I thought it was I thought it was very cool. It wasn't the best of the Marvel Netflix shows um, because I think Daredevil season would. I know Daredevil season one had already come out. Daredevil season two, I think, had been out already. Um, Before and Jessica it, Jones. Yeah, I think Jessica Jones was second. Okay, I think it was. Mar- I think it was Daredevil season one, and then I think it was Jessica Jones, and then I think it was Daredevil season two, but. It, those are vastly different shows to to come mm-hmm. out, you know, in the same brand, and and yeah. it had been announced at that time, I think, that Defenders was coming. So being like, oh, it's like going to be kind of the same kind of show is it was not the same kind of show at all. So I totally mm-hmm. see what you're saying. Yeah, and I and I to me that was the charm of Jessica Jones, and it, and it still is, and I, and I actually I, I would say even more so in season two was that this is a true detective show mm-hmm. yeah yeah she has superpowers but i like that the scenes aren't so focused on her powers in season two yeah i think it, it was definitely more about setting her up as a detective mm-hmm. than her mm-hmm. powers because i think season one we were like okay great she's a detective but what can she do and now that we had known you know what she could do she could the, the feats that she had in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then we could get a little bit more down to business about like, oh, wait, what is this? What is Alias Investigations? What is that all about? Right. Um, in season one, we did have the amazing performance from David Tennant, mm-hmm. uh, who played Kilgrave, who was... Um, uh, Jesus. He was a... His, his ability... Was he was able to control people? Be able to control people's minds and make them do whatever he wanted. Um, and in the past, he had control over Jessica Jones, um, much like in the comic books. And unlike in the comic books, however, uh, in the comic books, he never he didn't actually rape her. Right. He he made her he made her watch him have sex with people and made her want to have sex with them but he never raped her and and I guess in the show he actually does rape her yes she does qualify and says several times you know that I mm -hmm. was raped and it and it's and it's you know it's it's not graphic you know you don't see anything um you, you never see him rape her um but you do see the aftermath of 
just what happens to the human mind after you go through something traumatic like that and like how do you keep surviving and how do you have some sort of normal life and i think it's even it's made even worse for her because she has powers and everybody knows about it yeah. so not only are you an outsider because you are you have these powers and no one knows if they can trust you or not but now you feel like an outsider internally because you've been raped you've been violated well and certainly an, another layer of that then becomes you know to to further recap season 1 as well as like yeah. she's she's forced to to kill someone through this mm-hmm. you know same uh, evil through the same power that he has over her she is forced to exercise her powers in a way that she has not had license to do or, or, or wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's one choice to, to make that choice by yourself, but to have that forced upon you is another, you know, form of, of assault for sure. And, and yeah, if a form of degradation as well. Mm-hmm. Now, Jessica Jones, and this is, and again, Spoilers, everyone. Spoilers. We we said this before. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> On <laughs> we said this before, but uh, Jessica Jones actually does end up killing Kilgrave um, at the end of the season because uh, he has managed to terrorize her and you know almost kill a whole bunch of people, people close to Jessica, and in season two. What was interesting was um, you got to really, right out of the gate, you saw the aftermath of that choice. Because the whole time you're watching season one, or at least I was, mm-hmm. um, and Mitchell, maybe you felt differently. I, I felt like, I'm like, oh my God, like, I, he, like she just needs to do something about Kilgrave. Like, she's got to do something. Um and then when she killed him, I immediately thought to myself, I was like, that wasn't what you should have done. Like, that's not going to bring you peace. Oh, really? I I did. I, I thought about it. I, I looked at it and I was like, that's not going to bring her peace. Like, she shouldn't have done that. That is so and, interesting. I felt like the my experience watching that show, I was like, you know, as soon as we find out all of that vile information, you know, mm-hmm, and she... Mm-hmm has to, to she uh you know has her fling with uh Luke Cage in season 1 and she goes into that bathroom and opens up to like you know look through his drugs a little bit and she sees that picture of mm-hmm. uh you know that woman that she was forced to kill mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like oh my god this season has to build up to like her just killing him in some way like she has oh. to she has to get beyond that and and I'm not saying that it was the right decision but I knew it right, exactly right, right. at that moment that it was uh-huh. going to have to happen in yeah. some sort of way. And I, I think it's interesting that you said, like, oh, that's not going to bring her peace because that's what I thought just to, like, slowly, you know, bring in a, in a, another uh, sample size. Um, mm-hmm. Another piece of data from Man of Steel, you know, when he's... That's immediately what I thought about, too. When he's yeah. holding Zod's head, I was like, oh, soups, don't do it. You know, like, that's yeah. not you, Mr. Boy Scout. Like, you can't. You cannot do mm-hmm. that. And with Jessica, I was like, oh, yeah, you got to snap his neck. Like, it's done. It's over. She's got him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But see, it's, and it's interesting that you said that because 
you know, and and now kind of going into you know, going to season two. You guys, now you guys are caught up on season one. Um, <laughs> <I hope. laughs> we're like, oh yeah, right. that person died, and yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, the, 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 the big thing you need to know: Kilgrave dies. Um, yes, but she immediately, I immediately, so I immediately thought to myself of the comparison to Man of Steel, and Mitchell knows how I feel about about Superman, but I have told him before the <laughs> one thing that I hated about the DCEU and what they did to Superman was him killing Zod. Yeah. And I said if you're going to ki- if you're going to use him to kill Zod, that should be the catalyst to why Batman goes after him and says, "I need to test this guy and find out are you really a hero? Was that your only choice?" Because if you're if you face that again in in my world, are you going to kill people? Right now, Zack Snyder chose not to go that route. I thought to me that was a much more interesting and much more philosophical fight between them. But I thought that was the route they should have went. Yeah, and that's fine. They didn't. It's whatever. It's done. It's over <laughs> with. But I feel like. Jessica Jones did what what uh, Batman versus Superman should have been, especially in the perspective of, of Superman. It should have been about Jessica Jones now saying to herself, being haunted by her choice. Mm-hmm. And some people relish it. Like, um, oh, goodness, I cannot remember the the one detective's name. But there was the the one who ends up uh, surviving to the end. Costa? The first time he meets her, was it Costa? Detective I thought it was Costa? Costa. I think so. And he he gives her the car. He's like, hey, you know, like if you need any help, take my card. Like a couple of us remember what Kilgrave did did to us, and you know we really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, he has that but, thing. Of, he says like, I felt my you know finger on the trigger, and I couldn't do anything about it. So like, I, you you don't have to feel that helpless again. I thought that mm-hmm. was great. But then on the flip side of that, very the very first like couple of minutes of the show, the woman's like, like kill him. And she's like, no, I don't do that. And she's like, why? You killed that one guy. Oh yeah, the pizza, the pizza lady. <laughs> yes. yes, and I and and it didn't dawn on me until later on in the season that I was like, that was a perfect way to start off your season. It was almost it was almost as good as how Punisher started. Um, fair, fair. I thought I will grant you that. I will grant you grant you that. I thought Jessica Jones. I because I felt like uh, if you once you especially once you watch the entire season when you watch that scene again you're like and it goes downhill from here in a good way. Mm-hmm. It goes downhill for for her because she's now constantly having to hear that and you get you immediately understand her state of mind. Absolutely, and where she, she's at she in this past year. Yeah. She defiantly says, like, because I'm not a murderer. And I think mm-hmm. that that's, you know, the, the, the squabble that we're discussing uh, with heroes specifically. And, you know, like, that's the conversation that Scott Snyder, or not Scott Snyder, um, Zack Snyder, uh, mm-hmm. decided not to have, like, that discussion. Because Batman kills people in Batman versus Superman. He has, you know, these <laughs> yeah, big guns on his Batmobile and crap. <laughs> um so, you know, this conversation that is specifically happening in Jessica Jones, like, if it's a, a worthy target, you know, mm-hmm. like, if, if he is opposing uh, immediate threat, 
in some mm-hmm. way? Is it is it murder or is it you know it, it it is? I mean, in some ways, yes, it is. Right? She did kill him. Mm-hmm. But is that okay? I guess is right. the underlying question of the of season two. What, mm-hmm. what makes you a murderer mm-hmm. and what makes you a monster? I think is actually maybe the the question. And that and that comes even more into play when you get to your your big bad for this season, um, who really isn't that bad per se. I was really feeling for Jessica Jessica's mom. Um, oh my god! Because Jessica me too. Jessica meets her mom. Um, about halfway through the season, uh, she finds out that her mother actually did survive the car crash that gave her powers. Uh, she learns that through experimentation, she gets powers, her mom gets powers, but her mom, the uh, side effect is she goes, she becomes like a rage monster, essentially, um, yeah. whenever she feels threatened um, yeah. or whenever Jessica's threatened. And she loses herself in her mind. And there's several moments once Jessica kind of reconciles, like, okay, this is my mom. Like, I've missed her. Like, I need And she's like me. I'm not alone anymore. And that is not the first thought I would like to point out. Like, you know, that that Hmm. first, because episode seven, that's right right in the middle. That's all that you're talking about this. It's revealed, right? And she tells this story. She's like, you're the person I've been hunting. And she's like, well, no, I have something to tell you. And the rest is flashback. And then at the end, she says, yes, so I'm... And she's like, Mom? She's like, yes. And then that first uh, scene in the next episode is, could you forgive me? Hmm. And Jessica smacks the hell out of her. She, like, hits her in the (laughs) face. She's like, no, I can't forgive you. And she gets tranked by the doctor, right? And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, how in the world is this going to work out? But that is... I just want to point out that, you know, she, she grapples with is this her mom or is this a monster and can they yeah. be reconciled in some way right from the very beginning mhm mhm and and there's and there's moments where her mom is like look we need to kill people in order to survive like they're not going to let me stay with you mm-hmm. or they're not going to let us walk away from this and Jessica has to make hard decisions she kills again and she gets close to and she and sometimes she gets very close to killing people mm-hmm. um and it and you just see her every time she and it and it killed me because every time she got close to killing somebody or killed somebody you saw how it affected her you you and you felt for her you just felt so Bad. Yeah, and I mean, and to incorporate Kilgrave into that, like, towards the end yes. of the season, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, because the whole thing with her mother, you know, she was in a coma for years, and she came out of the car crash in much worse condition, so she required more therapy. I bought all of that, you know, like, mm-hmm. they were saying, that's why she's stronger, she she had more gene editing, I was all mm-hmm. in line with that, but that, um, she had a dissociative disorder, like a different personality essentially came out to defend her when mm-hmm. she felt threatened. Jessica seeing that in herself and that being that dissociative, you know, personality emerging within her as Kilgrave on screen mm-hmm. was something the likes that I have never seen in, you know, in TV drama. Yeah. I was just like, wow, the the, the fact that, you know, 
this is they got first of all that they got David Tennant to renew his performance, and I'm not a David Tennant fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, every time I saw him on screen, I was like, "Wow, he is the most important." You know, I, yeah, my eyes yeah. immediately track to him. Um, yeah, and I think that's so impressive that like you almost get you feel feel like uh, his power is working on you through the screen. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I would do what he wants, and Jessica almost does what he wants. You know, he's shouting, he's like, "Kill her, kill her!" Mm-hmm. The fact that she almost falls into that, I think that's like the crux of the show. Yeah, am I a monster Fair. or am I a hero? Because she grapples mm-hmm. with that a lot throughout. People throw Trish throws that out a lot. Malcolm throws that out a lot. You could be mm-hmm. a hero if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, I wanted to to touch on speaking of speaking of those characters, um, speaking of like Trish and Malcolm, mm-hmm. um, as well. They they were much much stronger characters in this season than they were in season one in season one it's definitely all Jessica's story all day every day in season two it still is but I love the fact that they found um, a balance to say like okay now let's take a moment let's focus on Trish let's focus on Malcolm let's get these guys character development Mm -hmm. to set up what is going to happen in season three season three is gonna be awesome yeah (laughs) Because there is so much that is set up for for Jessica, for Trish, for Malcolm, um, with Malcolm kind of coming into his own finally and saying, like, look, I need to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing it. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to become a private investigator for a rival firm. Yeah, that was a big turn. Yeah, yeah. But I, th- um, I think that, it, that character development you were talking about comes out mm-hmm. of having a, a good subplot, A, and B, subplot through a theme that they were already pursuing, right? I mean, like a big part yes. of, of Trish's and Malcolm's you know, subplot was drug addiction mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. carried over from season one. Kilgrave even says in season two, in Jessica's mind, like, um, you know, Malcolm says he didn't do something. And Jessica's like, why not? Why didn't you do that? And Kilgrave says, you should have left him, you know, where I put him with a needle in his arm. Like, he's useless. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see him it kind of like in a, in a suit, in his shining armor, in, uh, <laughs> you know, Jerry's office being like, yeah, I, I did it. I took her case because she couldn't get to it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to do about that? I was like, whoa, this is a total 180. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And it parallels some of those other characters in, you know, Daredevil and in Luke Cage that we have seen rise up out of just a simple like, oh, this is another character, this is a padding character to like I'm so interested in Malcolm's story right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um and 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 Trish I like I really liked her in season one and in season two I just there were moments where I felt so bad for her. Mm. And I and I and I still do. You know? How can you not? I, yeah. With all of that I mean, Griffin and her mom, how can you not feel mm-hmm. bad for her? The club scene just about killed me. Oof. The are you talking about the the cray cray scene or whatever? Yes. Yeah. And just and then just to mm. see just to see Jessica come in there and she's like Again, to see her vulnerable and to be like, come, just come with me, please. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And I, and I, again, I, I have to say, like, this is, it's a good show. It's not a great, it's not a good superhero show. It's just a good show. Mm-hmm. Because the whole, the superhero business, like, yeah, you know it's in the MCU, and yeah, she has powers, and her mom has powers, but it's not about that. Right. It takes it's, a backseat. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's a good thing. It's okay. I think that builds its own brand. Like we had, yes. we had talked about, um, you know, before we started recording that, uh, in this season two, it's like she's a detective, and the the superhero thing is the second thing that we notice about her. I felt like in mm-hmm. season one, the first thing we noticed about her was that she was a superhero. The second thing we were like, oh, what's the detective thing? And I'm glad that they switched those. I'm glad that they you know got their priorities straight mm-hmm. um, because. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way that she helps out the defenders most as well in that series. You know, yeah. she has her detective skills. Mm-hmm. And that's really where mm-hmm. I think that, you know, this whole uh season 2 was kind of building towards like she can be a hero without ever lifting a car. Mm-hmm. And that can be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I um I hope that this is I hope that this tonal shift reflects on the rest of the defenders as well like it after watching mm. this season of jessica jones like i i'm getting really excited to watch luke cage in a couple of months um i'm even excited to see iron fist come back because this is a whole new new a whole new new york that we're about to encounter yeah um and i mean not just you know what's going to happen in infinity war but even just with jessica jones and hearing finally how has the how has the superhero civil war affected you know the street level heroes yeah you know she's constantly telling her mom like i'm sending you to the raft which for those of you who don't know the raft was featured in civil war mm-hmm. that's where uh cap's team was held right after they so, uh, decided not to sign the uh uh accords yes and he um and and just to just to just to know that okay i can tell you exactly where in the timeline this where this is and now we're finally they're finally able to say like okay let's start feeling the effects of the mcu of the movies mhm let's start seeing how that affects our our street level teams i i i honestly think that we are going to start to see more references to the to the larger MCU now. Now that now that Defenders has happened, because now we know who these characters are, mm-hmm. and have seen you know, them we're not, interact in a team. Mm-hmm. I think I think they were I think they were. I mean, I I know I I gripe about it on the main show, but I think they were smart to wait. I think so too. I, I think it's going to pay off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked earlier before the show, we talked about Inhumans and how maybe they should have waited till after Infinity War, like whatever happens there that's going to devastate the Earth. That's the perfect time to bring in these strange beings <laughs> from the moon. From, yeah, right. From the moon <laughs> who are like, yeah, we saw what happened. So, uh what our help <laughs> right they're like um they're peering out from you know behind the proverbial door they're like hey is the purple guy gone can <laughs> we help what's up i think that would have been totally different and i also agree i think that there's 
is more of um, opportunity to for them to cross over with the Marvel shows and and the actual you know MCU proper. Now mm-hmm. that we've also put Jessica Jones like under this specific media spotlight, I thought that was really mm-hmm. important in season two. Um, yeah. They talk throughout the season um, of like, oh Trish, you know your your run in with Malcolm last night got photographed by paparazzi. Or, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jessica's passing on the street, and they're like, hey, you're that lady. You killed that guy, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that happens with all of them a little bit. I think that that, you know, like, can you just imagine you know, Tony Stark picking up at one of these tabloids and being like, oh, my gosh. Remember, it's Patsy. Like, that kind right. of crossover. And, and mm-hmm. that's a silly example. But, like, that kind of media crossover. Because that's – we also talked before the show about how that, that – you know, with Wakanda rising out of Black Panther on the media spotlight in the media spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's there's it's, actually it's setting the world stage for Infinity War. Kind of piggybacking off of that, and kind of like a little side note. Uh, there's a rumor going around that the secret ingredient in um, the inhaler mm. was a purple uh, purple heart. No, the heart shaped herb. Oh shoot! Really? Yeah, they were they were like because they were like yeah, it's an herb that we because they said it was a a substance that we couldn't identify, and someone was like the only it way made they them be able to identify it was if it came from Wakanda wasn't shared with them. Yeah, that's crazy. I which I'm I'm almost I wasn't inclined to believe, and then someone immediately in like a, a completely separate post was like, "How did Tony Stark's dad? How did Howard Stark get the vibranium in the first place?" Mm. And I was like, excellent point. <laughs> right. Like, you put like they haven't. And he knows you got me. You got me there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, they haven't really talked about how his dad got the vibranium in the first place. Like, maybe Howard was like, mm, I'll take some vibranium. And mm, what's this? Mm, I guess I'll take this. Right. <laughs> this, this heart shaped herb. Man, I hadn't even <laughs> thought of that. Yeah. I, I thought it was a very clever idea. That's interesting. Um, that that definitely does provide a, a totally different point of view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Folks, uh, like I said before, we um, this is going to be a, a bit of a shorter segment uh, to popcorn prattle. Uh, but before we before we do go, before we say our goodbyes, um, I did want to just. Uh, first off, say thank you, Mitchell, for agreeing to do this show. Absolutely. Um, and coming on the air is a pleasure talking to you about Jessica Jones. Um, and I'm and I know I know that we're gonna have many more conversations like this. And we got and guys, we're gonna keep you posted on Mitchell's status as far as getting his podcast up. And as soon as it's up and running, we're gonna let you know. But until then, you can always hear him right here on Popcorn Prattles after credits um speaking of popcorn prattle if you would like to listen to popcorn prattle uh maybe you didn't hear our main show but you heard this and you like what you heard uh you can always find us on itunes and google play and of course podbean and as of recently you can also hear us on spotify so while you were working out at the gym you can be playing popcorn prattle in your ear. I don't know why you're listening to a podcast while you're getting gains, but that's completely your prerogative. Because you inspire us, Marcus. You inspire us to get gains. I hope so. I really do. 
That's why I listen to Popcorn Prattle at the Gym. Hi, I'm Mitchell Hansen, and I listen to Popcorn Prattle at the Gym. <laughs> well, Mitchell, yeah, because I, I know you listen to the show, so you're, you're most likely familiar with this part of the show, um, how we end. Um, let the audience know, like, where can they reach you if they have any more questions or if they just want to get to know you better? Um, I know you have... Um, I, I don't know the proper term for it. I know you have like a a men's fashion Pinterest going on, and and guys, he is probably the most stylish person <laughs> I have ever met. Thank you. Mark. Like we're doing this podcast, and and he was like dressed to the nines, which I'm sure for him was like, Marcus, this is just my lounge. This is just my lounge <laughs> sweater and co- collared shirt, and I'm like, okay, Mitchell, like as I'm in my sweatpants. Um, tell everybody um, where where can they reach you, man? You uh, you do me too much credit. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so I mean, I run a, a couple of different uh, social media right now, and I'm kind of like working on uh, uh, putting them all together. But right now, you can find me uh, at uh, Le Modern Gentleman L E Modern Gentleman uh, on Instagram, and on Facebook is simply Mitchell Hansen. Um, uh, I'm definitely going to be building, you know, some, some new brands to, to accentuate my, my podcast, uh, upcoming in the future. So there will definitely be more to come, but uh, that's where you can find me right now. If you have any more questions or just want to get to know me, I'd love to hear from you guys. And of course you can always reach me at Mark M-A-R-C underscore Leroy L-A-R-O-Y on that Twitter though. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on popcorn prattle, Twitter at P-O-P-C-R-O-N underscore Prattle, P-R-A-T-T-L-E. And, yeah, that is about it. So, this was a very exciting first uh, mini-episode of Popcorn Prattle After Credits. And I am sure you will hear from us very, very, very soon. So, as always, I leave you with this. From all of us, all of you. Wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now.